0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Tookie's Take podcast. Brought to you, of course, by our friends at Manscaped. Now, before I talk more about the the magic that is Manscaped, uh, you know that there's there's something to address. There's something a little bit different about the show. In case you uh, had not been paying attention on the Twitter side of things, the YouTube side of things, uh, there have been there's been some changes. In regards um, to the show, uh, and I'll I'll say this out of the gates Uh, again: check out the updates that was out on YouTube, and of course on the new feed. And if you don't know, hey, there's a new feed. Check Twitter, check Discord, check YouTube. There's a bunch of new stuff. You'll find a way to listen to this. We we originally entered today's show uh, with the idea uh, that this man here would would be a guest, a one time guest, maybe brought back in the future. And instead, now, it is my new co-host of the show, Mr.
1: Endo Mills of One Twitch fame.
0: Endo, it's the start of a new chapter, buddy.
1: Uh, yeah, um, it's very, uh, it's been a weird 24-48 hours where it was like, hey, you're a guest, hey, you're you're the guy. I'm like, (laughs) oh, okay, I guess I'm the guy now, (laughs) okay.
0: Yeah, and I mean, again, it's it's one of those things, uh, and again, I'll say this kind of like I said in the update. It's one of those things where I get a lot of people want to know, like, hey, what exactly happened in due time? I understand it. You know, I've been around the YouTube game a lot uh, over the past decade, and trust me, I've seen it where it's like, one second, everything looks good, and then the next second, well, wait, what happens? And sometimes it's an example of, and Endo and I both watch these channels, uh, Say, for example, a couple years ago, uh, Super Best Friends, and their channel, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it was, hey, we're done. And then, there's another example of, say, the Game Grumps channel, when it it originally started, where, one day, here's JonTron, the next day, he's gone, but the show keeps going. Uh, Like I said in that quick little five-minute video, these things happen on occasion. Uh, but we're gonna keep going, at the very least. Some things will be different, of course, uh different personality types here on the show, different dynamic, but I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. That said, there is one constant. I mentioned them already. It is Manscaped, and of course, make sure to check out manscaped.com. Use Code TUGI a at checkout for 20% off your order-free. World-wide shipping. The Lawnmower. The Weed Whacker. All the things you know and love that you have heard about on this show time and time again. It does not get any better than Manscaped. Now, Endo, no, we have... A lot to get to today, sir, in regards to this show, but I felt as though there was pretty much no better way to start off the show than by getting to our viewer questions, because in a way, this is the start of the getting to know endo portion of this podcast. For those who are not familiar, of course, with, with what I do on Twitch, for anybody who does watch on Twitch, they are going to be rather familiar with you, but we'll start off with this question. From Tyler what's your favorite color
1: <laughs> uh, I think you can tell it's like gray because <laughs> like my, my shirt's gray my hat's gray this is a pretty sweet hat it's like ten dollars at Walmart it was nuts hmm. um and just gray or like blue uh not because I'm a leaf fan uh because I think blue is just a nice color you have you can do a lot of things with blue even though my twitch stuff is all like orange <laughs> Very counterintuitive, I know. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, hey, don't worry. It's like the same thing where people expect me to use black and yellow because I'm a Bruins fan. It's like, no, blue. Blue's there the way go. to go. Uh, is, next question cool. comes from Cam. I didn't even notice. I misread this question originally. Uh, but your favorite <laughs> type of Asian-inspired food? Are you a big fan of Japanese culture, Chinese culture, Indian culture? What? Can you really go wrong with any of the three? That's, that's my argument, but hey. Get to know Endo.
1: Yeah, um, I like. I hate to say, like, I like all three. Uh, not all three. All. There's obviously more than three. So there's a my big like three. <laughs> the my only top three. three countries in Asia, That's the it. ones that matter, basically. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 um. So, uh, I love Japanese food. I grew up, uh, really in like in an area that was kind of like, like little, not little Japan, but it had a lot of Japanese foods. All you can eat buffet. So we'd go grab that and just. Pig out on I loved California rolls as a kid. Just constantly like I could eat rows of that, just nonstop. Uh that'd be that's my number one. Chinese food, obviously second, so because late night takeout or whatever, just go there. Uh Indian food, I've had a little bit more of it recently. Uh mostly because like my uh people at my job are Indian and they do bring food from home and we'll cook it up on the grill. And uh I've gotten a little like a like a good uh acquired taste to it a little bit. I, I can't deal with like the the curry though cuz it's very strong cuz it's like from like India like off I want to say fresh off the boat but like fresh like like as uh, almost as authentic as you can get in a way.
0: So what we've learned today is feel free to ask Endo any food questions and yeah. he will run with it. he will go with yeah,
1: it. Yeah, basically. I if people don't people aren't familiar with uh with the Twitch stuff, uh I'm the guy who randomly just posts up in um and Luki's chat hey what should i eat <laughs> I'll, I'll openly ask everybody like hey what do you want what should i eat for dinner like choose what i want
0: let see like, that's what I, I thought it. the original question was and i was going to be like well burger <laughs> every yeah, time burger. the answer every time <laughs> on that poll one of the answers is burger every time
1: <laughs> it's uh, so we, like it's like 3 a.m like every i do it. it's like 3 a.m like i can't get anything else everything else is closed
0: so we've covered favorite color We've covered some of your favorite types of food. Now we got to clearly go to music, and that's from Hawks. Now, initially it was like a specific type of music, but whatever. You're Mount Rushmore of bands. We need to know this. Don't disappoint my dad by not saying (laughs) Leonard Skinner.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh... You got me on the spot here. Like, all time... I, was, I hate I'm these type of gonna...
0: questions, by the way. I hate them. Like, people ask oh them all the time on stream or here, and I'm like, do you know how much thought I have to put into that? It's crazy.
1: It's it's way too much. Yeah. Um, If I want to go, like, classic, I know Timo's going to hate when I say ACDC, because he fucking despises <laughs> ACDC. Um, I'll, I'll just do an all, an all, all four. Uh, biggest influences, especially because like, when I play hockey, I have my pump-up music. Mm-hmm. Uh, one would be Royal Blood. Uh, I just love like the, the tone and the the, Solid just the sound. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely great. Um boy, I'm just polishing off my coffee. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um I I also love uh, another band. Uh I saw these on tour. They opened for Nothing But Thieves. Uh uh D Mob Happy. I met the guys, I met the uh the guys at the band and they're just super chill. Why do I have hot sauce here? There we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh yeah, just it's a more chaotic energy going to be happening in here, guys. Just just heads up. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I like I said before, Royal Blood, uh, Deem Up, Happy, like basically kind of like the similar sound, but more um more like I want to say like wavy in a way, like slower but wavy. That you makes just sense. Sit
0: back and so basically, if you were editing a video, would that be good background track to
1: it? Certain of the, Some of their songs, yes. Alright, thank you. Definitely. Never heard of it. uh, It's good, like, driving music. You just put it on and just drive, like, top down, uh, tops off, top down, just driving on, the sh- just driving, going. Sunday drive. Option number
0: three.
1: Option number three. I'm gonna go with, uh... Jeez. It's so hard when you're on the spot with stuff like this.
0: Come back could- next week for his other <laughs>
1: two. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm going to look through my my Spotify playlist, like, right now. That is now, the
0: same right. thing that I do every time someone asks a music-related question. Oh, I'm man. like, okay, let's see. Who, in terms of my one massive playlist, because I'm very, very basic, uh, who do I have the most songs from? That's uh, how I go see. off of it. And, um, yeah, I mean, the top two always end up being, like, Billy Talon and Ghost. But, hey, there you go. same thing.
1: <laughs> Queens of the Stone Age, definitely, right Good there, choice, up top, right up there and obviously i can't uh, do this without if you guys have seen the medium elite launch video where i put foo fighters in there with like making a fire uh definitely my top four right there so royal blood Mob, happy uh queens of the stone age and uh, foo fighters
0: damn good choices if i do say so myself with that thank you. we'll thank you all again For your viewer questions, we'll get more in, obviously, we do have a lot to talk about today, again, it is our Atlantic Division breakdown here, so a lot to get to, we do have a couple other topics to get to, but again, a friendly reminder in terms of viewer questions, same thing as always, I put out a post on Twitter, and there is of course always the Discord, the podcast questions section there, so hey, again, plenty of time to ask Endo whatever the hell you want (laughs) to ask him about, this is the start of something new, so hey, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Ground floor, and not ground floor. It is what it is. You'll be able to ask him all the questions that you want. Um, as mentioned, we do have a couple of other things to talk about. Kind of a mix of, of positive and negative before we get into that division breakdown. But, I mean, hey, that's that's the world of hockey that we live in um, right now. And I guess a, a negative topic right out of the start. I saw this um, today, actually, for the first time. I uh, just wanted to say best wishes to Peter McNabb. Uh, comes from a long-time hockey family. He was a member of the Bruins from, like, 76 to 84. So, you know, I grew up hearing about how good of a player, how underrated of a player Peter McNabb was. And for Colorado Avalanche fans especially, uh, he has been the color commentator for that team since the very uh, beginning, in the 95-96 season. He was diagnosed with cancer at 69 years old, which is always mm. a little bit scary. But our best wishes to Peter McNabb. And to offset that, as we always do, you know, you gotta take the negative, but add in a bit of positive. I mentioned on the last show when I was joined by Alex, again, if you missed that, make sure to go check out that show. That was our Central Division preview. I had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, Mentioned briefly in that episode that the WHL was getting its first ever uh, female Lions Crew members, Uh, and Darren Dreger mentioned on Inside Trading or Insider Trading a few days ago that the AHL is looking at introducing female officials as well. So, as much as on this show it's been talked about the evolution of the women's game and just the i mean really the continued evolution is the best way to talk about it You look at from the the women's game as it stands and every time say the US and Canada play shout out to Marie-Philippe Poland for still um just ruining my day not all that <laughs> long ago we talked about Taya Curry getting drafted these are stories we're going to continue to cover because, again, I think while we all would have hoped like the, the women's game in general would be further along than it is right now, I do think we're looking and uh, you know, we're looking at and living in a very special time right now that we're going to be able to look back on and say, oh, yeah, hey, we actually saw that happen and the active change happened in front of our eyes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Endo, this next talking point here, though, these are ones that we can really kind of uh, sink our teeth into at this stage. Next talking point I want to get to—it's not officially official, officially—but uh, Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen, the deals are apparently very, very, very close to being done. Uh, the rumor is Quinn Hughes at six years, seven point seven five million. Uh, that comes from, I believe it's Satya, uh Satya Shah of SportsNet 650 in Vancouver. Again, apologies if there's any mispronunciation there. That deal on its own, six years under 8 million for Quinn Hughes. I view that as a straight up steal. What about you?
1: Uh, I think it's the same thing as well. Uh a guy with that kind of quality, and he's still like getting better. He's still young. Uh I definitely for that amount of money with that amount of contract, they're, they're definitely locking him in long term, saying he's like Definitely a, a cornerstone of that franchise from, from here on out. I think that's definitely a steal. It's
0: crazy how the market went from here's what Kale McCarr is getting and then obviously someone a bit older like Dougie Hamilton, here's what he's getting, and now instead it's, oh, Quinn Hughes is actually getting signed to a pretty good deal. Uh, and I believe it was Rick Dollywall as well mentioned the Pedersen deal could be three years at – About 7.7 million. So again, under 8 million for Pederson as well as Jim Benning is somehow making this work. And I think that's kind of the talking point that we all had was he got the other deals done. Gets OEL, gets Garland, gets Jason Dickinson from Dallas. And then his strategy is just to say to these agents of these RFAs, well, this is what I got left. Take it or leave it. And it looks like it's going to work, which is insane to me. Now, obviously, for Pedersen, you're just kicking the can down the road a little bit. And if mm-hmm. he continues to be what it looks like he could be, uh, that under $8 million is going to over ten, And you're going to have some problems at that point. But, hey, that's down the road's problem. I just, I'm shocked if this actually works out the way that it looks like, uh, the way that it looks like it might with Vancouver actually getting these two signed.
1: It's, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a shot in the dark, really. If it pays out now, if it pays out now, because they're still developing, they're trying to get better, be competitive, because yeah. uh, it is a very, it's a very weird Pacific division, because we're in the Pacific still, I believe, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the only just, change just, of
0: course was uh, Arizona going over to the Central. So.
1: Right. That's oof. Which is still uh, very
0: weird. We talked about the Central division in the last show and it's still very very weird.
1: Yeah, it's I'm going it's going to take a while for me to get used to the just such a it's such a small change, but it just it just messes with your mind a little bit more.
0: Yeah. I think that's the it's <laughs> <that's> probably the, <laughs> the best way to sum it up is like, "Oh yeah, there's going to be a lot of oh yeah moments um throughout <laughs> the season of like, "Oh, huh." Kind of forgot about that. Uh, the other, the other talking points that we have here, right? There, there's one that's just more. We we don't know what's necessarily going to happen, but it was something that I was asked to talk about here. Um, and again, another uh, apo- apology preemptively in case of a, a mispronunciation. Uh, And, of course, like I said, too, with Vancouver, we'll talk about it more once those deals are officially set. We still have our Pacific Division preview. uh, That's actually scheduled for next Friday. Good old Sin for the win. We'll be back uh, to talk about the Sharks and so much more. That might be a a sad episode to have Sin back talking (laughs) about the
1: Sharks. But,
0: hey, Eric Carlson got a haircut. And surprise, surprise, he's still incredibly handsome. Who would have thought, oh no, he's hot. Oh, he it's it's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> oh no, he's hot.
0: <laughs> uh, this comes from Andrew Zadonowski, I believe it is, of TSN 690. He mentioned this on Twitter. I'll read this verbatim. A bill was submitted to the Russian parliament that would require young athletes to pay compensation to the team that developed them if the athlete wants to go play with a foreign team. This would impact draft picks who want to cross over to the NHL. At first glance, I viewed this as, oh, could be a good thing, say, for the KHL. Maybe they hold on to some of their young talent. Not as if they've had a, a problem with that. Kaprizov stayed until all. he was 23-24. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of this that I saw in response is would this not mean that more likely top Russian prospects, you know, these kids at 13, 14 years old, would say, I'm out of here, and they go over to the Ontario Hockey League or the U.S. Developmental Program. I feel like this is the type of move, like, I don't know if there was, this would ever even have a shot of being approved, but just the idea of... Of course, it had to be Russia, but just the idea of like trying to lock down (laughs) these top prospects like almost exclusively and say, "If you want them, you got to pay a bit more." That that doesn't seem like a move that was really all that well thought out. Because I really feel like that would that would backfire. And you know, that that's not the only bit of news in regards to certain uh, policies backfiring on potential leagues that we're gonna quickly talk about here very soon. But. I mean, and the, the reason why I wanted to bring this up, and one thing, of course, that people will learn about you as we continue on uh, with this show, is, um, yeah, you, you have some Russian ties, we'll say, oh in boy. your life, so you have a, a decent <laughs> understanding at this point of how a lot of things work over there, from your perspective... How do you see this going? Because I certainly side with the idea of, like, if this were to somehow pass, it would completely backfire, and a lot of top Russian prospects would just be over in North America a lot sooner.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, The one thing that I noticed there is that the requiring the athletes to pay compensation to the team, that's the one thing I'm kind of like, that's going to force a lot of people to either leave very, very early, like, uproot all the way from, like, say like eight nine ten years old like when they start getting in those programs to come over to Canada or wherever they want to go to play the sport um I think like it it could be good it could be bad it just really does seem like you're kind of like holding them hostage in a certain way because I think the whole process of developing through the the minors uh was it like the the VHL and all that and going Mm -hmm. developing through the club system and going up and getting drafted to the KHL uh, I feel like it's uh they're, they're, they're trying to keep it the way it is old fashioned or kind of keep it like the way it is there and not have a lot of change. Uh, I think it could be, it could be good to keeping them there, but at the same time, you gotta let, you gotta let people do what they want to do. Yeah. If, so. uh, if someone feels like they're going to develop better playing overseas, they, you should let them do that. Like what Austin Matthews did over and over in the U S He saw he wasn't getting enough time over here, flew over, developed over there in the state over, not the States, uh, uh over in, so. in Europe. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, Became a top prospect, and he's uh, our guy on the Leafs. Now, I'm going to say something real quick about the Leafs. Just because I like the Leafs doesn't mean I'm a Leafs homer. <laughs> I know for a fact if they don't get it through this year, I swear to God,
0: there's going to
1: be a riot down much. I love downtown. There's going to be a, a goddamn riot down,
0: down We will have plenty of time to talk about Toronto in this podcast, thankfully. God I'm very damn. pumped for that. Uh, <laughs> the two other things... Look, it, it's the ongoing situation in the aftermath of what happened in the Ukrainian League with Jalen Here, Here's what I'll say about this. I think as we all probably know at this point, the player in question, Andre uh was issued a 13-game suspension, which, I mean, it's low. Anthony Duclair spoken out, JT Brown, Jake Chikrin. I think that's the main issue that people have. Um, you know, the fine that comes out to about $188 per game, that does seem incredibly low, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, you got to factor in like, hey, this isn't an NHL player, the, the CBA with that league. Like, the fine I view as being what it is based off of what's there. Uh, you also had the GM of the league, the UHL, <laughs> claiming that he was <laughs> fired for speaking out. Well, take that with a grain of salt. And yeah. then you have certain uh, agents saying, hey. There's no way I'd let one of my clients play over there. What I take away from this situation is this, Endo. I don't view this as, oh, if you suspend this guy or ban him for life, the problem of racism goes away in hockey, in the Ukrainian Hockey League, in the Ukraine, in this country in general. But the idea is certain agents, certain players are going to look at how this league responds to this incident, and then that is very much going to affect the league down the road, and that is its own form of positive change. Is, if these leagues show, hey, something like this happens, and, hey, call it what you will from the perspective that you will, but if it is perceived by the majority of people, by the players themselves, that not enough was done by this league, it is going to affect that league down the road in terms of who is going to be willing to play there. That problem might not necessarily go away, but at the end of the day, I think we've, uh, we've all kind of learned that for any business, any company, uh, you affect their bottom line, and all of a sudden, boy, can those opinions and stances and disciplinary actions and the uh, extent of them change pretty fast. So... There's a there's a lot to this entire situation. I yeah. don't know how you read into it, but uh, the floor is yours unless you want to move on to our next talking point here.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll just touch on it a little bit because um, I think it's it's a ridiculous scenario that's happening right now, and I feel like there's. There, there isn't going to be enough damage control they could do on this whole entire situation now because it's gotten so out of control with the fire, with the uh, alleged firing of, of of the GM for speaking up against the, uh, basically against like giving him like a basically slap on the wrist. Now another situation I want to compare it to is last year in the ah in the AHL, uh, Ontario Rain forward at the time, uh, Boko Omama was was someone used a slur on him. I think it was player uh, Brandon Manning. Uh, when he was on the condor, he used a slur on him, and he only got a slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, five games using a slur. Now, it, I want to compare the two, and it, it's kind of weird to compare the two because one's like a slur, then one's an actual action. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think like if if, if giving someone three uh, three games and ten games with an option of possibly buying it out is mm-hmm. is like a, is like a slap on the wrist. And what happened last year when this happened was five? Did yeah. people only care whether it was like it was an action, showing something or was it just because of the word. Like it it's it's it, it it makes me think really that a lot of this stuff is like not say virtue signaling, but it just seems like they're just speaking out and saying what at the at the moment of outrage and waiting till everything piles up for stuff to happen. And I feel like and I hate that people are gonna have to be using examples uh, for certain things, but enough's enough. I think this stuff has to stop, and I'm not sure what it's gonna take for it to stop. Maybe a bigger fine or a, the IHF. Basically saying, yeah, you're done. Like, like you, you just can't deal with this. I think the other thing too was that uh, the Ukrainian player, who is was an alternate captain, I believe, of the team. So this is who you choose to represent your franchise. Your franchise with this is your player you choose to have as like this is our leader. How how can you have uh, someone uh, with that status use such a offensive thing towards a person of color or just in general? It's it's still like boggles my mind.
0: So again, as mentioned, uh, we try to balance the, the positive and the negative on this particular show because at the end of the day, uh, man, hockey stories are hockey stories. And again, you, you could argue, well, how much of a not not how much of a hockey story is it? It's that it's absolutely a hockey story, no. Um We'll bring a little bit of levity here, though, to the show before getting into our division breakdown. But, of course, a lot of those talking points. What's going on in the world of hockey right now? That's what we like to talk about here. This one, though, it's one of the things that we maybe don't get into enough. And I'm looking forward to this. In terms of talking about the video game side of things, oh. I will say flat out... Uh, that I am I am probably touching up upon this so we can use this as an excerpt from the show to put on my main channel <laughs> so I can just be like, hey, see, I talked about it. Uh, but EA NHL, uh, NHL 22 is a week or two away at this point uh, from dropping. I think the EA Play Trial comes out in a week. We are very, very close to the launch of the new game. And of course, as is the case, they are releasing the ratings for the top players uh, they started off with goaltenders, and that is what we'll touch up upon now right oh boy. I want to talk I about I want to talk about the top 10 as it is right number one on the list was Andre Vasilevsky. I don't disagree
1: no doubter right there completely no that he's he, he's your guy you have him in any sort of game you put you put like a, a bad team in front of him he's got you like completely it's
0: Second, kiss. second on the list Connor Hellebuck I do not disagree
1: uh, you know what no he, he's, he's definitely on that list for sure he's definitely the number two I know this next one you're definitely going to be like yeah no 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 no
0: <laughs> number three uh, with a tie uh, with a tie for uh, third place with a 90 overall rating Bassie's a 92 Hellebuck's a 91 Carey Price and Marc-Andre Fleury at 3 and 4, both with 90 ratings. Matter of fact, Tuka Rask is at uh, number 5 with a 90 rating as well. We'll start off with Carey Price. People should very much expect that, hey, when I get to the roster editing stuff like I do, uh, Carey Price won't be a 90 overall. But I feel like I'm more justified than ever in that decision in that, of course, for those who do not know, uh, the video game has added things called X-Factors, which are either a minor boost or relatively major boost to a certain aspect of a player's game within the game. So I feel like there's a perfect way to have now Carry Price be closer to a mid-80s player, but then give him those abilities that he can turn it on and stand on his head, like we saw in the playoffs, there is—I feel like—an accurate way to represent playoff price at this stage. If you want to argue he's still a top ten goalie, sure. But when it comes down to okay, there's arbitrary uh, arbitrary numbers a rating that's assigned. Uh, it's it's a little bit tough to sit there and say carry Price at three uh, alongside the reigning Vesna Trophy winner and Mark Andre Fleury. And Tuca Rask at five, Tuca is still fantastic. The controversy of this comes as right now he is a free agent, although it is expected he'll sign with the Bruins around January or February once he's healthy. But, yeah, I, it's, there are some ratings we'll talk about too in a second um, (laughs) that have finally dropped. Carey Price's rating has not dropped, and I'm not surprised um, given uh, what has uh, you know what happened in the aftermath of a, a Stanley Cup run, a, a finals run at least for the Habs uh, this past right. summer?
1: Oh, I, I agree completely. Um, like if if there was no playoffs at all for him, I would, I would definitely see them dropping his overall down a little bit. But I feel like the fact that he basically Turned on the Jets and just carried that helped carry that team literally carry, uh, <laughs> to the to the basically a Stanley Cup run, and I think that's why he's up there and why he's at number three. I personally wouldn't put him at number three. Maybe give him an eighty-nine, but I see why EA would probably do that. Uh,
0: you also have John Gibson at six uh, with an eighty-nine rating. I'd argue a little bit too high, but the debate with John Gibson is has his numbers dropped because he's on a bad team or has his numbers dropped uh, in general. Jake Markstrom had an 88, uh, number 7 on the list. Again, I don't know about that one. Uh, Grubauer at 8 with an 87 rating. He's one of the three that we know of because he at 8, Varlamov at 9, and Robin Leonard at 10 all have 87s. Uh, it makes you wonder where uh, Darcy Kemper is. It makes you especially wonder where UC Soros is.
1: Yeah, short king UC Soros. That's my guy.
0: So, <laughs> I don't know. The goalie ratings, uh, I don't know if there's anything hor- you know horrifically offensive uh, to a nerd like myself that really likes to tr- you know, try to make the game as realistic as possible there. Uh, I have seen some worse offenses in the past, when it when it comes to when it comes to goalie ratings, but uh, obviously right. uh, some adjustments will be made uh, on that list. And uh, any thoughts on the goalies before we move on to the defensive list?
1: Um, I, whew, I don't know, as a goalie myself, I'm looking at this, uh, the numbers and everything, and my personal biases. I would I would have loved to see where Soros was if they were the top twenty. Because that way you can get a better range of like what like who uh, who is the go to guy you're gonna have this year mm-hmm. uh, for there. Because I want to see what they want to do what they would do for um, for Toronto with Jake Campbell and Peter Mrazek. Because that's a that's a two goalie tandem right there. Uh, but so far right now it's it's good. It looks better than what it's been in previous years. Numbers are looking a little bit more fine and a little more balanced per se. Yeah. Remember la- like years before it would just be like out of whack. Like you'd have like. Price had like a 95 and he wouldn't make the playoffs or something like that. And it's like (laughs) ridiculous. And
0: then the list of top 10 defenders came out today before we started to record the show. Uh, Number one with a 92 is Victor Hedman. I I can see why. Certainly part of a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion. You look at certain aspects of Victor Hedman. Maybe not. I'll just say it's not surprising for him to be number
1: one on the list. Definitely. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be, you know, back to back cup champ, uh, 18 mil over the cap, uh, but we won't talk about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have Roman Yossi at two with the 90 rating, John Carlson at three also with the 90 rating. Um, I still buy the Yossi hype. John Carlson, I'm not entirely sure. Not saying either are necessarily uh, bad, but I don't know. Top three for John Carlson, I saw, was rubbing some people uh, the wrong way. You have Alex Petrangelo at 4 with an 89 rating. Nah, I mean, I can see that. And then you get into some interesting ones, because Kale McCarr and Dougie Hamilton are both at an 88, but so is Thomas Chabot. I like Thomas Chabot. Dougie Hamilton and Kale McCarr, I would take over Thomas Chabot. Right. And then the most controversial part of this list, you get into 8, 9, and 10, all 87 rated, the reigning Norris winner, Adam Fox, Charlie McAvoy, and Zach Wierenski. Yeah, I feel like it's the order <laughs> of this that might be <laughs> might be throwing people off <laughs> yeah. just a little bit. Um, oh, man. Yeah, there, there, there's some hot takes in there. Uh, and one of the top wow. comments I saw on Reddit in response to this was, Thank God users can edit the ratings. So, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Seth Jones is also an 87, but they left him off the (laughs) list to avoid controversy.
1: (laughs) Give him two X-Factors. Fuck it.
0: Superstar (laughs) X-Factor, Seth Jones. We'll talk... uh, Actually, we talked about him in the last show. So there it is. Uh, So yeah. Hey, we'll continue to talk about those. I mean, the forward list uh, should be out by the time uh, our next podcast rolls around on Tuesday. But... Yeah, a decent amount to talk about between uh, last show and this one. A couple of couple of interesting talking points that, hey, we might end up getting to go in-depth with a little bit later on down the road. But we have the meat and potatoes of this episode to get to here, Endo. And I hope yeah, you're prepared. Good. Again, you had to prepare as a guest, but now it's 50-50, <sighs> buddy. you got to pull your own weight and piss- in terms of pissing people off with some potential hot takes. It is the Atlantic... Division breakdown, we are going to go team by team and, you know, just kind of mention, hey, where might these particular teams finish in the standings? Are you ready to go?
1: Uh, No, Uh, but let's do it anyway. We're doing it live. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. So let's start off with the team that I think could very well finish in dead last in this Atlantic division. And here is my first hot take of this breakdown, baby. I have the Ottawa Senators at the bottom of this division.
1: <laughs> really?
0: I have Ottawa at the bottom of this division.
1: Over uh, over uh, the, what is it, the literal trash fire that is the Buffalo Sabres, To quote, uh, your commentator over there with the Bruins?
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> so, allow me... Allow me to explain, because I okay. feel like there there is some explanation uh, to be had here. In terms of talking about Ottawa, I do want to talk about uh, the offseason right. that they had. Uh, in terms of trades, it was really highlighted by the fact that they sent Evgeny Dadnov to Vegas for Nick Holden right. in a third-round pick. Pretty good deal. And recently, within the past week, they acquired Zach Sanford, from St. Louis for Logan Brown and a conditional fourth this year that's based on whether or not Brown plays 30 games for the Blues. In terms of other changes uh with the team, additions, you're looking at a lot of a lot of depth. Uh Michael Delzado, Andrew Agazzino, Pontus Alberg, uh Leaf's Ooh. legend. As well as Scott Sabarin, another Leafs legend.
1: (laughs) He's going back! He went back!
0: Oh yeah, he went back. There's not a ton of additions. Uh, Departure-wise, Joey Decord, they lost to Seattle. Mentioned the Dadnoff trade. Uh, Ryan Dezingle went to Arizona. Derek Stepan to Carolina. I mean, for the most part, the status quo with the team stayed the same. But I want to look at their offense first. And the big question right now is what happens uh, with Brady Kachuk, right? He is, uh, if you presume that um, both Pedersen and Hughes have signed, then Brady Kachuk is the last holdout. And knowing this podcast curse that exists by the time you're listening to this show, he would have signed, and that's going to be great. But I look at this team and I say they were pesky last year. I mean, you got to see a lot of them, of course, with the North Division being what it was. Yeah. I like Josh Norris and Drake Batherson. I think guys like Foreman and Stutzla will be better than they were last year. You notice know the theme of younger players so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mind the Zach Sanford pickup for what he provides. Uh, speaking of you know, the Leafs connection, Connor Brown, I think, will do better right. with a, a better supporting cast around him. Uh, but from there, it's nothing but question marks. You have unproven young Ford, and Shane Pinto, then uh, Colin White, Nick Paul, Austin Watson, Chris Tierney, and probably maybe Andrew Agazino. Until Brady Co- uh, Brady Kachuk, Brady Cook, until Brady Kachuk signs, like they're simply not there yet. Like I view them as having uh, probably like a six out of eight in terms of the uh the offense in the in the division so they don't have the worst offense in the league but man there's some question marks there and in, even then Brady Kachuk like obviously he's he's got to be a quarterstone player of that team but he has question marks surrounding him as well moving forward
1: yeah oh boy that that uh, now they look at the actual like ro- like roster breakdown what they have over at Ottawa like they have Matt Murray, but then again, Matt Murray is kind of streaking. He's getting way overpaid for that contract because he needed the they, they gave him that money because he needed to hit the cap room floor. Yep. And now they're in a situation where they won't pay Brady Kachuk, even though they have all that cap space to get, to give him the money that he basically deserves. Mm-hmm. It just seems like like Melnick's just holding it all, for some reason. I don't know what it is. Is he just not? Is it not spending money? Is it because you know people aren't going to go to games, so you can't spend that money? Anymore because of COVID and everything. It's
0: the gym betting method of here's what we got for you, take it or leave it. It's like, well, actually, right. Jim, you have like thirty million dollars. So we got what we got for you, take it or leave
1: it. <laughs> Don't look at the money on the table; it's not yours. Don't worry. Tap
0: friendly it. is fake news. Take the five <laughs> million, Brady.
1: Take take the five. <laughs> just like a medallion, just, just like we're in the meeting, just like trying to like hypnotize him. Take the five. Take You're the not five. worth
0: seven and a half.
1: Or six on a good day. Take the five. Oh,
0: God. Um, defensively, this team, uh, again, I have towards the bottom half uh, of the division, maybe like sixth out of the eight teams. Um, for these outlooks, like I look at Cap Friendly, and I see who they have in the presumed lineup. So uh, is it surprising right now that on Cap Friendly, Michael Delzato is listed as a depth option? No. No. I'd use him over at least one other defender that's going to be in that starting lineup, but we'll talk about him in a minute. Um, But Victor Mete is right back, apparently, in the same spot he was in in Montreal because he's not listed right now in the presumed top six for Ottawa, which I would play him over my two biggest concerns on that blue line, who are Josh Brown and Nikita Zaitsev. It is understandable, here's the player I was referencing, why Nikita Zaitsev is still in that lineup, because he gets paid the earth and the moon until the end of time. Mm -hmm. But you look at the rest of that defense, I trust Eric Branstrom to keep getting better, even though there was all those talks about, like, does he fit in with the coaching staff and what they prefer? But Thomas Shabbat's great. Uh, I really like Nick Holden and what he can provide in a lesser role. And All even right. Artem Zub was uh, solid last year for them. It's not a horrific defense. It's just it's I'm confused by the lack of maybe Mete not being like a dead set top six guy, and um, God Nikita Zaitsev. But what yeah. a fa- what a favorite! Can you imagine if Nikita Zaitsev was still on the Leafs?
1: Oh my God, that was a, that was a terrible move with Zaitsev. He was good for like the one season. One after season, that, so was me. just. Him and Ozyganov. Like, he's back in the KHL now. Yeah. And I'm like, y- they have, like, their one, like, sign of brilliance. It's just like, perfect. You're doing good. Like, you're doing good, sweetie. And then just fall off the cliff once they get that payroll coming.
0: Andreas uh, Borgstrom as well. There's a lot of oh, those guys that the Leafs oh, tried man. out to see who would work. And then Marty Marinchin's oh. still there, though. Don't worry.
1: Oh, boy. Hey, he's, he's the boy. You see, he's the analytical genius. Because he, he, he does nothing all game. Of significance, but he does. We does exactly what the coach needs you to do. He's that key guy where you have him come in once for a game, and you have him just sitting on the bench, like sitting in the in the stands and the in the press box, just so that way you can make, you can hit the cap. It's perfect.
0: And then the defense, or excuse me, the goaltending of Ottawa, I do have oh. as the weakest in the division. Oh, uh, Lord. This is where it falls apart. I mean, you mentioned Matt Murray already. He is not the player Ottawa was hoping he would be last year. Uh, And, you know, there's a lot of players where you can argue is that product of their environment or are their numbers just bad? Mm -hmm. Uh, They do have Philip, uh, excuse me, not Philip Forsberg, uh, Anton Forsberg, who put up a 909 save percentage in eight games, which eh, they also have Philip Gustafson, who played nine games, but had a 933 like, I, I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> the bottom line is, like, there's a lot of questions in goal for the Ottawa Senators, and that is what put them at the bottom of this list for me, because even Buffalo, who we will talk about very soon, they have questions in goal as well, but I don't know if I'm as concerned for their goaltending as I am for Ottawa, and I I didn't think I'd be saying that about Matt Murray just a few years ago, but here we are. Uh,
1: Matt, no glove, no love, Murray basically. That glove hand is... God, is it just because he was a product of Pittsburgh and their goaltending situation? Because that's their story for another day, but just... Oh my god. I could go on and on about goaltending coaches and everything and how having one just for a glove hand means the difference.
0: So oh, for god. Ottawa, I have them at last. I presume you have them around 6th or 7th?
1: Yeah, I was going to put like something along the lines of Buffalo because that just... Not good, hmm. but I I do see like where you would put Ottawa there, and yeah,
0: it's a hot Sick. take that's going to piss people off. Like I, I'm, oh yeah, of this.
1: I can I can see the comments coming in right now. Oh, yeah. it's and
0: I, I will say I I am not doing it intentionally for the sole purpose of aggravating people. It's just I have concerns about that roster. I have concerns about the Buffalo Sabers who I have in seventh, uh, pr- potentially narrowly finishing above them in the standings. Okay. When talking about the Sabres in this offseason, God, that, that sounds worse than I would have thought. Uh, uh they, did we save do
1: we save Eichel till the end or do we do it right at the beginning? Right the band off now or pry it out a little bit?
0: L- let's hold off a second here. Why not? Uh okay. they traded Rasmus Ristelainen to the Flyers for Robert okay. Haig, a first that became Isaac Rosen, and a second in 2023. Uh they traded Sam Reinhardt to the Florida Panthers for goaltender Devin Levi, Canadian hero. Uh, Mm -hmm. And a first-round pick in 2022. Uh, And they also picked up Will Butcher and a fifth-round pick from New Jersey for absolutely nothing, also known (laughs) as future considerations. There were a lot of future consideration trades, like way more than normal in the Mm -hmm. NHL this past offseason. I feel like that's because Seattle dropped the ball on their expansion. Uh, Aside from that, the Sabres also signed forward Vinny Henestrosa, defenseman Mark Pisick... Both of their goaltenders, who we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, and in terms of other players leaving, uh, no other, I mean, they lost Jake McCabe. They lost Riley Shea and, uh Toby Reeder, I believe, is on a PTO with the Ducks. So they had, they had some losses, but we'll go to their offense first. I don't have it as the worst offense in the division, shockingly, I know, without Jack Eichel. And that's obviously where this starts with the Sabres is Jack Eichel. It is yeah. I, I put originally in my notes it's a very unpretty picture without Jack Eichel. It's a it's a dumpster fire oh.
1: <laughs> without
0: Jack Eichel. But I look at the team. I don't hate what guys like Jeff Skinner. I know what I just said. I don't hate what guys like Jeff Skinner, Andres Bjork, and Rasmus Asplund can provide. The key word there is can. We don't know what version of Jeff Skinner will show up. Anders Bjork and Rasmus Asplund, still younger guys. Maybe they can step into a bigger role. Who knows? Uh, They do have Victor Olofsson, another guy that can, you know, get the results even if some metrics aren't on his side. Uh, Lord knows he needs to have a great season uh, to stop this team, I'd say, from being historically bad. But they always talk about Endo on bad teams someone has to score. Yeah. I can't imagine Jeff Skinner and Victor Olofsson not putting up points this year because who the hell else is going to? Because outside of those two, it's like you have Drake Kajula in the decent category. Uh, Dylan Cousins and Casey Mittelstadt right. are still young and hopefully haven't had their development ruined. Uh, it hasn't been pretty so far yet, though. Yeah. And then you have Kyle Okposo. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny Hina-Stroza, Zemgus Gergensens, Cody Eakin, and Tage Thompson, which is the biggest yikes in the world. I feel like Jeff Skinner and Victor Olafson can have incredible seasons out of pure desperation to say, get me the hell out of here. Look at the points I'm putting up. Somebody please trade for me. Oh, my God. Uh, it, it's, yeah. cl- it's close, right? <laughs> like, for Buffalo, question marks. For Ottawa, there's question marks. I look back at, say, what someone like Jeff Skinner and Olafson have proven they can do versus, like, the completely unproven's on Ottawa. It's it's not great, regardless no. of how you look at it. And honestly, Jack Eichel wouldn't wouldn't help. I can't imagine I'd put Jack Eichel or, uh, you know, a Jack Eichel-led Sabres offense. Uh, it, it wouldn't bump this team up in the standings for me at all.
1: I mean, you even have like even a healthy draft guy right now with like he's almost a point per game, but at the same time, you have no support. Uh, he's not a guy who can make guys better around him. He's the kind of guy who just drives it on his own. Uh, he does have more, obviously, more, more, more assists and goals, but at the same time, I don't think he's that guy who can be like. I know there was a big comparison at the time, it was like McDavid or Eichel, but McDavid's a, like an all around guy. He, he makes that team better. Like you sit right in front, he can feed it to you, but. Eichel kind of just drives it on his own in a way too, so it's like
0: I would I don't have faith that Connor McDavid could lead Buffalo closer to a playoff spot than Jack Eichel could, and I don't think that's a controversial take.
1: Not at all, because I think, we saw I think,
0: yeah. Connor basically do that with Edmonton's <laughs> rosters before Drysaitel kind of turned into what Drysaitel is now, and certain other you know developments happen with that team. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you on that. The defense isn't fantastic. Bottom line, I have Buffalo. Shockingly, they're not rated dead last in terms of offense, defense, or goaltending for me in any in in this division. I have them at seventh out of the eight teams in every category,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I have them seventh out of eighth on or out of eight on defense because you have Rasmus Dahlin, fresh off of a new deal. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's one of those guys where I don't know if you can say he's truly elite yet. But there is the aspect of people saying, well, he is, but it's because he's trying to perform to that level on a dumpster fire of a team. Regardless, I think everyone knows that he was a worthy first overall pick. He's a fantastic player. Right. I like the Mark Pissick pickup. That's not a major game changer, but I like what he can provide in the role that he's played in before. And aside from that, it's a bunch of okay to meh. You have Yoki Haru and Bryson, who are still relatively young, and who knows for sure what they can provide. And then you have guys like Colin Miller and Will Butcher, who used to be performing at a very high level, and maybe they get back there. Um, they have Robert Haig at depth, which doesn't provide much. But, you know, again, mm. I look at this team, and I I can see some bright spots, and I think that's obviously a part of the... Uh, just the disappointment in Buffalo is th- there's there's something there. If you could just put the pieces together, but the problem is you you, you flip the table, and there are pieces everywhere. There's pie- there's pieces under the fence. There's pieces under the couch. Somehow a piece ended up down the hallway tucked underneath the mattress. Like, I don't know how this happened. It's, it's magical that it's so screwed up. But there's some bright spots there. It's it's frustrating for a non-Sabers fan, let alone the fact that I have friends who are Sabers fans and I, I have to watch their misery, which I genuinely don't enjoy. It's, it's not fun anymore.
1: Oh, man. Just, <laughs> uh, and I look at their gold-titting situation. Like, I'm looking at Cat Friendly, too, as well. Uh-huh. And they have Aaron Dell, and they have Craig Anderson listed for some reason. Over UPL, like...
0: I don't think you you can rush Uko Pekalukunen into this situation.
1: They're going to have to. (laughs) So (laughs) this was my
0: point, right? If someone wants to say Ottawa has better goaltending than this, that's, that's fine. I look at what Aaron Dell and Craig Anderson can do as veterans. You know, they're both getting paid league men. They played a combined 11 games in the regular season last year. It's a recipe for disaster. But oh I look no. at what they might be able to do like I don't know maybe I would put Ottawa ahead of Buffalo at least maybe that was <laughs> too much of a hot take but I have no confidence in either goaltending situation but Matt Murray two unproven young goaltenders Arundel, Craig Anderson Craig Anderson looked okay against the Bruins at times in the playoffs yeah. but these poor guys just to hang around in the league they are going to get absolutely demolished night in and night out and it's it's very unfortunate
1: They're going to get their they get pumped for league men are you kidding me I- <laughs> that's, oh,
0: yeah, that's, that's they, they that's took accurate. League Men to play for that team.
1: God, that's literally love of the game or just love of the money. I don't know. I mean, oh, like, League Men is still a lot of money. That's still see, if I to, like, a
0: $750,000 car, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> get like three Rollers, Rolls Royces. You're good.
0: Let's see. Auto Trader best cars, 10 dream cars over 100k. Um. I mean, hey, there are some Aston Martins you could buy there for that know. amount of money once, you know, your agent gets a cut and all that stuff. Would I play behind the Buffalo Sabres for an Aston Martin? It, I'd have to think about it, but I could, see, I could <laughs> see why somebody would do that. Oh, my God. So, Buffalo, uh-uh. seventh, the best, eighth is probably more secure. <laughs> Sorry, Sens fans, but... God oh, damn it! Man. I'm just I, I. You can't tell me you have more confidence in Matt Murray than you would in Aaron Dell or Craig Anderson. You cannot tell me that. You can't. Number <laughs> sorry, th- I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry <architect. laughs> Number six on my list. I don't think this one's particularly a hot take. I have the Detroit Red Wings finishing sixth in this division.
1: Oh, they're strong. They're 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 coming. Not they're like not like gonna be like, oh, we're here. But it's like, we're we're coming. We're 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 working our way up. We're we're getting there. So uh, for
0: me, the whew. only the only reason why they're in sixth is because of their goaltending. Because I have this offense and this defense as potentially the worst in the division.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> oh man. Let's
0: talk about their moves then. Let's That's talk crazy. about their moves. Uh, in terms of any notable trades, well, boy, doesn't Steve Yzerman like the trade? Uh, he acquired, boy, remember this on July 16th? It feels like it was six years ago. They acquired <laughs> Nick Letty in exchange for Richard Ponick and a second-round pick that became Ratu. which, again, I think that deal could really come back to haunt Detroit. Um, the Islanders might have gotten a big steal there. Uh, yeah. They then acquired Alex Nedeljkovic. <laughs> For Jonathan Bernier and a third. Oh my I God! Still can't believe that trade is real.
1: You know, you know what the the best uh, the best thing about that was, uh, Thrash ninety four gaming with his little uh, smooth criminal remix. <laughs> you've been peace back. Uh, you've back, uh, Steve Asimov. <laughs> oh, he just kept going. That Incredible. was the greatest thing I've seen. Oh I man! I forgot all
0: about that. <laughs> my God. Uh, They also traded up I got no way to top that So I'm just gonna steamroll (laughs) through Uh, They also traded up to get Sebastian Kosa In goal because you can never have enough good goaltenders Apparently Um, Couple of the trades during the draft And then the last thing they did on July 30th Was uh, pick up Mitch Stevens from Tampa For a sixth In terms of any other uh, Incoming players I mean Eh Eh Uh, Pia Suter from Chicago, probably the biggest standout. Jordan Esterle from Arizona. Carter Rowney from Anaheim, not bad. Uh, Departures. Uh, Dennis Joloski, of course, taken by the Seattle Kraken. They lost Luke Glenn Denning. Uh, Dylan McElrath to Washington, who managed to get suspended in the preseason, which
1: is a round of applause for Dylan McElrath. (laughs) Is this his first game with the team, too? I think so, yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow, shades of uh, David Clarkson. Let's go, buddy. Um, yeah, the Clarkson, Clarkson suspension. Is yeah. he the first
0: player to get? Well, uh, no, I mean, he's not the only player to get suspended, but his first game with the team getting suspended. I know. Really, I think Ridley Grieg did it as well for Ottawa, but I like that, yeah. the Clarkson suspension. Uh, Detroit also lost Darren Helm to Colorado. They bought out Franz Nielsen and Valtteri Filpula. Uh, moved on as well. So did uh, Evgeny Svechnikov. He's in the AHL, I believe, right now with the Manitoba oh, Moose.
1: Mr. Svechnikov. Uh, the, the
0: lesser <laughs> Svechnikov. It's like, oh, the lesser Svechnikov. It's Mr. Svechnikov. <laughs> Svechnikov. <laughs> There's just nothing to it. Um, I had Detroit with the worst offense in the league, primarily off of the big news of yesterday, which was the injury to Jakob Verana. Uh, a yeah. shoulder injury will take him up for four months, which is... A gigantic hit. He is a top three forward on this team, minimum, if not arguably one of the top uh, two. On top of that, um, there's questions surrounding Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, Mm -hmm. We know due to his personal choices that he'll miss the games that Detroit plays in Canada. And that's after just playing nine games last year, I believe, due to injury. He did put up seven points in those nine games, but still, there's questions surrounding him. Uh, But you still have Dylan Larkin. Who's very good. Uh Pia Suter as well. Very good. I like that pickup for them a lot, even though it's only one season uh to go off of where he played in Chicago. But from there, man, I'm I'm not sold. Like Robbie Fabry is fine. Sam Gagne, Carter Rowney, Adam Ernie, serviceable. Oh man. And then you have Nemesnikov that needs a major bounce back. That guy's stock has plummeted over the past few years. Yeah. And then you have younger guys like Zadina, Rasmussen, Valeno, and now Mitch Stevens, uh, who, you know, I won't say are completely unproven, but there are question marks. I mean, Zadina's still 21, Valeno's still a young guy. There's just too many question marks surrounding this team for me to rank them any higher than last in terms of offense, especially after that Verona injury. That's, that's just a killer. Yeah, 100%. Their defense... I was gonna say I know there's not too much else to add there in terms of Detroit, right? It's just like, yep, yeah, that's 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 a rough that's situation. Detroit. But like you said, I mentioned those younger guys; they're on the up and up. But Wings fans, I think, especially after yesterday, they're like, okay, it's gonna be another one of these years yeah. because this defense. And I'm sorry to thrash, uh, who of course one of the, you know, one one of the the Wings fans that uh, we know and love. Um, I can't rate this defense highly either. Like, full, full stop. I, I like Troy Stetcher. I, I think Moritz Sider will do well. It looks like he'll make the team. Uh, that leaves, like, Nick Letty and Philip Ronick, who I, I have gigantic question marks uh, surrounding those two. And then you have Danny DeKaiser and Mark Stahl. And maybe Jordan Osterlay as a 6-7 option. That is a gigantic yikes for me. I am sorry. Like on paper, like I said, man, I look at Buffalo, and for the sole reason of they have Rasmus Dahlin, I rate Buffalo's defense higher than Detroit's.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Man. <laughs> it's 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 putting me to sleep. Um, it's just not looking that great. Uh, like you said, God, I, I'm just looking at like more like the stat wise like now, and it's just. Mm-hmm. I don't know, a lot of guys on here aren't really playing to their to their worth, I guess. And a lot of guys just kind of, maybe in like the, the entail of their career and some guys, you're, you're weird because you're stuck with like guys who are like super young and guys are like getting like, just kind of like bottoming off of their like peak. Yeah. And everything.
0: It's a good mix to have, like a veteran like Mark Stahl in that locker room that's solid, but in terms of what he provides on ice, that's where you get into uh, a little bit of trouble. Exactly. But I, I mentioned that their goaltending saves it, and um, I don't know. I ranked them in the top half, maybe even as high as third in terms of goaltending in this division, in terms of how safe I feel about it, and that is because I am all aboard the Alex Nedeljkovic hype train. I think Carolina made a gigantic mistake in not staying loyal to him. I do have concerns about Thomas Grice as a backup, mm-hmm. um, you know, both of these guys. The argument, chicken or the egg? Are they a product of the team in front of them? I don't know. But I'm all aboard that Nedeljkovic hype train. But as you can tell, um, that's that's not enough to get Detroit into uh playoff conversation. Like, there is a drastic difference between the top five of this division and the bottom three that we've already talked about. Like, a drastic difference.
1: Yeah, 100%. So I imagine... it's. it's- Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a, it's a weird Atlantic this year. Cause you got teams that are like, we're going to like literally like fight each other, grab each other by the neck and like (laughs) scrap for a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. And then you have other ones who are just kind of like, yeah, we're here too, I guess. Like, don't forget about us. Like in a year, uh, as I'm going to steal a a Toronto Raptors quote with, uh, uh, Raptors legend, Bruno Calboco. Uh, we're two years away from being two years away. (laughs) And I don't know how much longer teams are going to be saying that because it's just going to just going to prolong it.
0: I can't wait until I'm older so I can beat up my big brother. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> what it is. That's
1: what it is.
0: It's awful.
1: It's, it's not fun. No,
0: but it will be in the future maybe, for Detroit especially. I mean, come on, they got Steve yeah. Eisenman at the helm. Uh, for the top five then, I don't know if we're going to agree on this either in terms of where I had these guys ranked. I have the Florida Panthers at five. Could still very well be in a playoff spot. I think we'll talk about that when we get to the Metro next week. Just how likely it is that the Atlantic could see five playoff spots. But I have the Panthers at five. Oh. A little bit That's, low. Hmm?
1: Yeah, a little, a, little, a little low.
0: I will explain as to why. Please uh, do. In terms of their moves, uh, obviously, like, uh, you know, you, you, you date back to April, like, you know, they picked up Montour. Uh, they picked up Sam Bennett. The, the offseason moves, though, Sam Reinhardt, that deal we already talked about. And they also uh, sent Anton Strallman's cap hit, as well as uh, defensive prospect Vladislav Kalachinok in a second-round pick, that's one of the best names to say in the NHL, uh, to Arizona to free up cap space. In terms of players joining the team outside of Reinhardt, the only real notable guy is Leafs legend Joe Thornton. Jumbo Joe,
1: baby! Let's go! Jumbo Joe! You did you did good. You were the heart of the team and like everyone's dad. Uh chilling with Justin Bieber. That was really weird. That was super weird. <laughs> like full stop. That, that was Joe like... Thornton
0: could be Justin Bieber's dad.
1: <laughs> uh that'd be one hell of a story.
0: It would be. Uh in <laughs> terms of departures here though, it's interesting for the Panthers. Uh they bought out Keith Yandel. They right. lost Chris Drieger to the Seattle Kraken. That is a major, major loss that we'll talk about. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah.
0: um, they lost Alex Wenberg to the Seattle Kraken as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're also looking, I'd say primarily that's that's the, uh, well, actually, no, yeah, no, that's right. And then, of course, uh, someone like Nikita Gusev, who is currently on a PTO with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So not a, you know, not a major amount coming in, uh, but a decent amount leaving. I look at the Panthers, though, and I say that they have arguably a top two offense in this division. It's it's top three at the worst when you factor in, obviously, Toronto and Tampa. But I like looking at the overall depth. And they have Barkoff, Huberdeau, oh, Carter Verhage, I'm starting to put into that. He's in a legitimate top six option. He is. And then they added Sam Reinhardt. Right. Uh, you can certainly do worse than that top four. I still like Anthony Duclair. I still like Jumbo in the right role. Vachano and Achari are solid in their roles. Uh, We've seen perhaps that Sam Bennett and Patrick Hornquist still have uh, more to offer than we might have thought heading into last season. And then they have younger guys like Owen Tippett and Etulawad Starainen filling out the lineup. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Or if you want more grit, you got like Lomberg and Marchmont who play a, a different style as well. Another Leafs legend and Mason Marchmont. It's Beautiful. a really goddamn good offense. It just depends on how you compare it to, like I said, Tampa and Toronto in terms of do you want to have them like second or third in terms of, I'd say, you know, top offenses in the Atlantic.
1: Yeah, this, like, I'm, I, one thing I'm seeing is um, a lot of, there was a, when I was younger, there was a term that I made for like leaf stuff. And it was a leaf player may be good here, but he's probably a lot better somewhere else. And for a guy like March meant to be like going around and using his level of skill, uh, in his role, possibly on a team like Florida. And who's basically gonna be fighting for possibly that like last, uh, cap space or whatever. Not cap space. Sorry. Excuse me. I'm, I'm running on fumes. Uh, that last, uh, like position, uh, was it, uh, What's the word I'm looking for when you qualify as a as a, a seed? God, I, I'm my, gonna let you flounder here.
0: This is your first real <laughs> test on the podcast. Oh, my God! Oh my uh, God! Playoffs. Someone might think uh, you do not know what you're talking about. Are you a phony, Endo? Are you a big phony?
1: I'm a big fat phony. <laughs> Emphasis on phony, but mostly fat. Um, <laughs> God, what the? It's like it's on the tip of my tongue. Don't help me out. I swear to God, I got this. I got this. Hands on. up. Don't. <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> 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 Oh, man. Oh, uh, yeah. it's the thing where you're in the thing and you do the thing and you're, you're not in there. You don't qualify directly. And it's like you're the, the bottom two teams from the division. Like wild card. There it is. Fuck yeah, let's go, baby. He did it, Woo! ladies yeah, and no, gentlemen. Fine. Yeah, let's go. Fuck. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the wild card, like, they're going to fight it for a wild, wild card position. You even said to- at the, like the beginning of the, the section talking about Florida. How did I mess that up? Jesus.
0: It happens. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, happens. Trust me. As it goes along, you're just like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw up and say something. It is what it is. Uh, I will say really quickly, though, uh, breaking news on Twitter. Uh, the Quinn Hughes and Elias Petterson deals are official. For the Canucks. Hughes is at six by 7.85 million. So under 8 million for six years for Quinn Hughes. Pedersen, 7.35 million for the next three years. Judging by the market, that's a steal for both players.
1: That is, that is, mm, perfect.
0: So now we again wait to see what happens with Brady Kachuk. Uh, The Panthers defense. I honestly don't have as much to say about this because, again, I have them as probably a top three defense in the league. Uh, A healthy Aaron Ekblad and Mackenzie Wiegar are tremendous. There's no debate about that. Uh, I like Gustav Forsling and Radko Gudis. Marcus Nunivar is solid. Um, You still might have some questions about Brandon Montour. It's a really damn good defense, though. And, again, you could argue what might have happened in that Panthers-Lightning series had Aaron Ekblad been healthy.
1: Oh, Bad. I almost forgot that he had he was it broke his leg. Jeez. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, so. I remember watch. I remember watching that game like on TV. It was just ooh. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Like it would be healthy, and he's back to how it is. Because when you have a leg injury like that, you're not hundred percent. You might say you're hundred percent, but you're not hundred percent. At least not for a month after you're on the ice and everything. I Think uh, similar so to the. Hopefully,
0: Tyler Sagan's situation, right? Where it's just like he's back, and it's like he's not back yet. We'll we'll see Tyler he's Sagan. He's back, back, but next
1: not year. as better than ever.
0: Yeah. So a top two, maybe top three offense for Florida, a top mm-hmm. three defense for Florida. Brings us to the goaltending, and this is the reason why I can't rank them as high. Uh, without Chris Drieger, there is a whole lot more pressure again on Sergei Bobrovsky to live up to that contract, and then there's Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight looked as good as advertised in that very small sample size, but that's a question mark for this team because if Bobrovsky can't get it done, you are relying on I believe at this point twenty-one year old Spencer Knight. He is twenty. He'll be twenty-one in April. He's <laughs> he's twenty for a team that has cup aspirations. This team lives and dies with Sergei Bobrovsky unless Spencer Knight pulls a Matt Murray. And that's that's tough to bank on, right? And I like Spencer Knight a lot. But I think people can understand my hesitation with this team because of just how goddamn important goaltending is. So that is why I have Florida now. It's it's close, right? Between the next few teams we're talking about, it's, it's pretty close. And like I said, the battle with the Metro for who gets those wildcard spots. There are going to be some good teams that miss the playoffs. I'm scared for Florida because of the uh, goaltending, though.
1: Yeah, a little bit here. If, if, if Bobrovsky doesn't bounce back or be that number one guy that he's literally getting paid for, I don't know what that franchise is going to do. Um, you, you 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 just give Spencer Knight the job and then have to try and shop around Bobrovsky or even go the route of buying him out. If he's that bad, you're going to have another uh, Brizgalov situation, but this time it's in... Um, it's in Florida like it's it's kind of scary like
0: he uh you know yeah he'd look pretty good for the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> just <laughs> be prepared deep. to give up a lot to get oh. them to take that deal but I could see that happening
1: it could be definitely sometimes a change of scenery could also do it too who knows maybe just like a different system and how it's played goaltending is really weird yeah it's right. very weird
0: Are we ready for my next hot take?
1: You're. Let me guess. You're putting my uh, my leaps at the bottom of your uh, Boston Bruins. I'm ready. I can already call it
0: number four in the Atlantic Division. The Boston Bruins.
1: What? What is this? (laughs) Uh How can you? You're a traitor to your people. What are you doing? Come on. True. Come on. I appreciate it, but like you're 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 a traitor to your people.
0: I know, it's it's a horrible Is this thing. It hurts. Yes, partially. Um, okay. It doesn't okay. necessarily mean that I think they're going to miss the playoffs. Obviously, being in a top four spot and arguably the best division in the league or the most competitive. In terms of off-season moves, uh, there was only one real notable trade, and that was getting rid of Dan Vladar, uh, sending him to Calgary in the aftermath of th- one of their big signings, Linus Allmark in goal coming over from Buffalo. They signed Tomasz Nosek from the Vegas Golden Knights, Derek Forbort from the Winnipeg Jets, Leafs legend Nick Foligno, and Eric Holla of Nashville. That is while losing uh, Kevin Miller to retirement, Jeremy Lozon to the Seattle Kraken, uh, Gregory McKeggery and Jared Tenorti to the New York Rangers, Sean Corrales to the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, backup goaltender, Yaroslav Halak to the Vancouver Canucks. Andre Kasha and Nick Ritchie to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Thank you. Tuka Rask is a free agent. And David Krejci left and went back to the Czech Republic. So let's get into this. And I feel like people can tell what the mood is just off of what I mentioned right there. The Bruins offense for me is uh Top four. I can't put them any higher than that. Yeah. They still have the big three of Marshawn, Bergeron, and Pasternak. My money's still the best line in hockey. I do still rate Jake DeBrusque highly, and I'm glad he stayed. Uh, I'm glad Craig Smith is still on the team because he's fairly well underrated. He, he doesn't have the biggest name in the world, but he's a really good top six option, and Preds fans can attest to that. But after that, I am concerned because with the departure of Krejci, that means Charlie Coyle, Has to step into that 2C spot after a disastrous season last year. Probably his worst season in the NHL. He'll be next to Taylor Hall, who did re-sign with the team. But there are some questions about Taylor Hall still, you know? I I don't think anyone can say with certainty that Taylor Hall is going to be who we all thought Taylor Hall would be and what he once was once upon a time. I can't say that with 100% confidence, especially with David Krejci gone. He looks so good next to Krejci. And that, that's done as soon as it began. They signed Nick Fellino and Eric Halla. I think two guys who five years ago would have bolstered anyone's middle six. I don't know if they're still that, especially as well as injury concerns. Right. And from there, the bottom six is Trent Frederick, Curtis Lazar, Nosek, Chris Wagner, Carson Kuhlman. A lot of grit, but I'm concerned. I cannot say with 100% certainty that the Bruins have a top three offense in this division, and I think that's going to be very, very important.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize how many guys um really gone from Boston. A lot say, of turnover. They had a lot of guys either leave for retirement or just kind of just say, you know what, I just want to go back home. Hmm? And uh, obviously I respect respect their decisions since it's their life and everything, but their team is not doing too well, and uh, Boston fans do not do well with people leaving, uh, for uh, their own better judgment and stuff.
0: How uh, dare you put family over the sport, <laughs> Tuka Rask? <laughs> Fuck! I, I've, saw, I've talked about it so many times. The people, oh, oh my, my god. god, the people. Let's not. We have stuff to talk about. Let's not get into that. Um,
1: <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm just, just poking the bear. It's fine.
0: Ah, because you see, um. Ah. <laughs> The Bruins Bruins defense, though, I do have as a top two, top three at worst defense in this division, right? Yeah. Charlie McAvoy is one of the best defensemen in the league. Period. Full stop. Mm -hmm. I like Mike Riley and Matt Grislick a lot. But then there's the other half. Brandon Carlo is a really good defense first option. He is a bit Mm -hmm. one-dimensional. Um, Derek Forbort getting the deal, he does scares me um, it's going to take some really strong play from him to show me that uh, the Bruins didn't make a mistake and say bringing back Sedano Chara instead and then you have like Connor Clifton who's okay, or John Moore if he's healthy, there's just some more question marks than I prefer with Forbort and Clifton, but it is still a really strong defense I don't think anybody can deny that right? Um, unless you want to try <laughs>
1: No. no, I got, I got nothing. I don't, I don't talk ill will towards my arrival because I'm not a asshole. Why is that car? Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> no, there is um, I'm not sure if you can give pics up on the audio, but there's this dude just ripping it on the street. I mean, almost like pine, almost like pine. That's like, yep, I knew that's where you're going with that. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Goodness. Okay. We're good. Yeah. We're, we're good. good. Don't <laughs> worry
0: about it. This is all staying in by the way. This oh, is it's all perfect. It's Hi
1: perfect. mom. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Goaltending-wise for the Bruins, though, right? Like, I have the Bruins as a top-four offense. I have them with a top-two, top-three defense. I do not have them as a top-half goaltending situation. Ooh. Linus Allmark did look pretty good behind a very poor team in Buffalo. Right. We don't know how he'll look behind a significantly better defense. The answer should be pretty damn good, uh, but we don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a concern because, you know... Tuka Rask will seemingly re-sign with the team when he's healthy, but for now the Bruins are rolling with Allmark and a very young Jeremy Swayman. I have confidence in both of them, but if I remove my bias from the situation, Bruins fans haven't had this much uncertainty in goal since the 05 lockout basically. I mean maybe you can yeah. consider 06-07, but then pretty much around 2008, it's like okay, Tuukka Rask and Tim Thomas are here and they're the constants. It's been a long damn time. Uh as a Bruins fan since I've had to worry about this. So I I that's why I have them you know below some of the other teams that are just above them in that regard because it's uh <sighs> damn. Yeah. Damn, damn, damn.
1: Yeah, if they if they get back, uh, it all depends really. Um, if Tuca gets back and if he gets back at one hundred percent, I I think he's not gonna rush it. I think if he's when he's once he's ready to go, he's ready to go and he'll sign. Yeah. Um, I think it's good that he's holding out a little bit because that way, um, he doesn't affect their cap and doesn't anything, so they can make extra moves. They can pick up a goalie now if Tuca says he's gonna be ready by trade deadline or whatever, and pull some uh tampa bay-esque like bullshittery like that yeah. <laughs> and then just say okay guys i'm ready to go then they'll basically pop the guy pop a guy over make room for him and have that go that way i think that's what they could do unless he does sign early and says oh I'll just go on ltir gms are smart um you could you we, we all know this especially with how people are using uh not cap manipulation, because it is legal. Um, if it is legal, they are doing it, and they even have meetings about it saying, oh, you guys can do this. Like, you, you sure you want to close this loophole? No? Okay, we can keep using it? Sure. All right, fine. And they'll just, they'll just do what they can.
0: So with that, speaking of teams that have opinions on uh, maneuvering around the cap, Ooh. team number three in the Atlantic Division... The Montreal
1: Canadiens. Oh, les Canadiens. We lied about Carey Price, so you wouldn't take him, stupid Kraken. Uh, <laughs> you thought he was fine. No, Zitalo, we got you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, is what, this is exactly what my my like 10 years of doing French immersion got me to, so I can do a perfect impressionation. There you go. Perfect. Thanks, Mom.
0: So this might be controversial, of course, having the Habs ahead of the likes of the Bruins and the Panthers. I am well aware of that. It's not to win over any brownie points. We'll talk about their moves. They were very, very busy at the draft. Aside from that, the big pickup, uh, Christian Dvorak from the Arizona Coyotes. In big. terms of other people joining the team, Cedric Paquette, David Savard, Mike Hoffman, Matthew Perreault, uh, and most recently Sammy Niku. Players leaving the team. Uh, Kale Fleury, of course, to the Seattle Kraken. Philip Deneau to the LA Kings. Corey Perry to Tampa. Uh, John Merrill to Minnesota. Thomas Tatar to the New Jersey Devils. Ah. Uh, Yasperi Kotkaniemi to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Small move. And then Michael Froelich to St. Louis on a PTO. Eric Gustafson to the Islanders on a PTO. They've had an interesting offseason. I will say that. I shockingly don't rate their offense as a top four offense. I think I have them probably in the five spot. Um, It's interesting, their offense. I'll say that. That's fitting. Yeah, Brendan Gallagher, who I think is tremendous. Tyler Toffoli was fantastic last year. And call it a hunch, man, but I think Mike Hoffman could do this year what Tyler Toffoli did for them last year. I just, I got a sneaking suspicion that's going to be... Very good move for them. Then you have Nick Suzuki, who's already good and will probably elevate himself into that great category very soon. Uh, Dvorak had solid numbers for Arizona, so you presume he'll probably do better on a better team. Right. Um, I still have doubts about Josh Anderson long term, but he was pretty damn good for them last year when healthy. Uh, And and then there's Cole Caulfield, you know, probably a a favorite for rookie of the year. And then Jonathan Druen who's returning from his leave of absence, and there's a chance that we see him be the best version of himself that we've seen yet. Uh, Armia and Lekkonen aren't consistently amazing, but we know they can go off. Like, Armia was great in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Like, the only real question marks I have are with, like, Jake Evans and Cedric Paquette. But you also have Matthew Perot in that situation, who I think could be a, a solid regular game guy, and then Paul Byron uh, will come back from injury in the new year. Mm-hmm. Like, this offense, it's it's an enigma. It could be top four, it could be bottom, like, it's just, I don't really know what to expect from them, but I have a feeling. It's just, my hunch is that they're gonna have a pretty, they're not gonna have a difficult time scoring goals. That's my hunch.
1: Yeah, not at all. It all just depends on their, their back end, and when they're not playing with a Beautiful carry Price. That's what that's what I that's the Leaf guy. That's what, that's what I've always told them about is, you guys play great. You guys have you guys have great assets and great pieces that are able to use. Like they're in this, they're in a very similar boat with the Leafs, mm-hmm. where their back end has just been like inconsistent in a way. And it just, yeah. it just it just it just it just doesn't make it just doesn't make any sense of that why they even like their playoff position last year when they got in they basically just squeaked in. It, it it didn't seem sustainable, but then you had Carey Price literally p- play out of his mind to the point that he basically played injured, and mm. like it, it it scares me to think that um, like they didn't even have Jonathan Duran. They got to the finals. If they had him, maybe he could have made a big difference. Maybe it would have been even a longer of a series. It's gonna
0: be the uh, one of those unknown aspects to that Cup final. You yeah. talked about the defense. I have them as well, kind of on the bubble of four to five. Now, there's no denying the loss of Shea Weber hurts a lot. But oh, I still yeah. like Jeff Petrie, who at like, the beginning of last year looked like a damn Norris candidate. He was looking great. Oh, yeah. I still like the analytics darling known as Brett Kulak. I like the David Savard pickup. We'll see what he does in a more improved role that he's going to have to take up in Montreal compared to what he did in Tampa. Romanoff's only going to get better. And that leaves Edmondson and Sharat, And for those two to be your two worst defenders, you can do worse. I mean, they provide what they provide, is what I'll say. Uh, I'm not sure if I'd want either of them for the cap hit that they're on, but again, their defense isn't bad.
1: Oh, it's not 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 it's not like bad, but it's like it could be improved. It's a very old decor in comparison. You got guys 30, 38, 37, mm. like Romanov's the one young guy. A lot of their youth is, like, mostly up in, like, the forwards. I, I see. Yeah.
0: And then we get to the X Factor here. Literally, the superstar X Factor. Um, okay. I have Montreal's goaltending probably ranked the best for the sole purpose of you look at the, the tandem, right? Yeah. There's a difference for me to say what team has the best goaltending versus what team has the best goaltender. My critiques of Carey Price are well-documented. My opinion stays the same. Uh, Consistently, he's no longer the best in the world. I don't think that's controversial anywhere outside of Quebec. (laughs) When he is on his game, we saw in the playoffs, he rivals Andre Vasilevsky for that title. Mm -hmm. The problem is, do we only see that in the playoffs at this point? And for Jake Allen, to his credit, he's a really solid 1B or backup and worth the money that the team's paying. And again, it's kind of shocking that Seattle didn't end up with Price or Jake Allen. But, I mean, again, I don't think Carey Price day in and day out is the best goalie in the world. But on his day, who knows what can happen. But the fact that he has Jake Allen behind him to take the pressure off uh, is a hell of a situation for the Habs. It's a, a positive situation for the Habs, I, I should say. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just like when the, when they're when he's on he's on, but when he's off, oh god, he's off. It, it, like the numbers don't really show it. Like goal against average, like it's one thing, but the save percentage kind of shows it a little bit more. Especially with Price, where when he's when he's on, like he's like lights out. Like you, you're winning that game. You're 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 winning it through. Like look how look at how he just carried them through the Toronto series. Like he was he was just off for a little bit, and then just when he needed to be on, he's on. He has a perfect switch just to like hop in there and just get the job done. But it, it makes you wonder if uh, if if they had the chance to run a, like a three goalie tandem and give Price less less time or pay or less not obviously not like pay, they already pay him ten mil a year, but give them like less opportunities to play during the regular season and have him push up for the more for the playoffs. Hmm. I mean, granted, because of their cap situation, they can't really do that, but in a perfect world, I probably think they would be doing that.
0: So with that, Endo, that leaves two. The team I have in second in the Atlantic Division, the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: Ooh. That's fair. Like, come on. That's fair. That's That's fair. very fair. <laughs> there should be, like, an asterisk on there, and it says not, not past the first round because – God almighty, if we don't get past the first round this year. Well, we
0: we'll, we'll We got a couple of things to talk about the Leafs here as we're getting close to the end of the show. Obviously, it's just Toronto and Tampa to talk about now. Uh, yeah. The Leafs offseason, highlighted by the acquisition of Jared McCann, only to lose him in the expansion draft. Uh, aside from that, you look at uh, players joining uh, the team, and they've they've had a lot. Uh, Peter Morazic from Carolina. Uh, then guys like depth options like Alex Biega, Carl Dar- uh, Carl Dahlstrom, uh, again another depth option. Josh Hosang, which by the way, we got asked by Benjamin. Can Josh Hosang revitalize his career with the Leafs? What do you think as a Leafs fan? Does Josh Hosang end up getting a contract with the team?
1: I think there's a strong possibility that he will, but I don't think I think he's like he's going to be used as trade bait in a way. It was good for everyone. Says that Alex Galchenyuk like revitalized his career when he was with Toronto. He just played with really strong players, like just kind of made him look good in a way. He did have that big turnover in the playoffs, uh, which basically caused Game Seven. I think it was not caused Game Seven or Game Six. I can't remember which one. So that's a big gaff on him. Uh, but I think, I think saying would if he does get a contract out of um, out of camp and out of the preseason. This will be his first like chance to show that he really is still that top dominant, like first, like not first overall, but first round pick that he was expected to be. Cause there's always an asterisk around him, where it was like a, a personality thing or there was just like your skill and being like a little level headed. Uh, I think he could do well. I really do hope he does well, especially with, um, with the buds, but I, y- you never know. Maybe Lou was right with keeping him down. Maybe Lou was wrong. Uh, it, I, I just think he's got to take this moment and run with it. So far, um, out of the preseason, he's been doing really well. He's been helping uh, Michael Bunting, who was also a, like a surprise player, get that hat trick here tonight. But then again, it's preseason. Yeah. If I get the hat trick, doesn't really mean he's going to be a superstar or anything. Hmm. Unless you're Austin Matthews getting four, like five goals in your first NHL game.
0: I don't know. In terms of other additions that are around with the team right now, I'm not going to clarify PTO or not, but Curtis Gabriel, David Camp, Michael Bunting, Mike Amadio, Brett Seni, uh, Kasha, and Richie, like all these guys, Nikita Gusev, that might make the team. Like just throw everything at the wall and see what can happen. In terms of players that left the team, obviously Jared McCann. Cover your ears, Endo, for this one. I'll I'll let you know when you can listen again. Zach Hyman.
1: Oh, I can still hear it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, they also lost Zach Bogosian, Frederick Anderson, Nick Patan, Nick Felino, David Riddick, Callie Rosen, Riley Nash, Stefan Nason, Joe Thornton, Scott Sabrin, and Alex Galchenyuk. Just we constant
1: flux. <laughs> <in Georgia. laughs>
0: constant joining, uh, constant arrivals and departures. That said, when looking at this team, I have them as a top three offense in the division, of course. Uh, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander dare I say Michael Bunting Um, the first four are fantastic players and hey all aboard the Bunting hype train why not Uh, but from there room for concern Uh, I won't be surprised if Nick Ritchie does well or Kasha for that matter if he can stay healthy Um, I don't mind Engvall and Spezza for the bottom six but you look at questions are there questions about Ilya Mikheyev yes are there concerns about Alex Kerfoot and losing, you know, keeping him over losing McCann? Yes. Are there concerns, I'd say, about David Camp and Wayne Simmons? Yes. Uh, so perhaps too many concerns, but still a top three offense in the division.
1: Yeah, I, I believe in my boys. I, I treat them as my sons, but uh it just doesn't I just this is definitely a team where it's like They've been saying we need to win now. We need to win now. This is the year where you basically say we need to get this done, because like just recently, uh, Sheldon Keith just just re-signed for I think, another two years, and you're not looking at Dubas, and Dubis's master plan is basically finally in fruition. You have no contracts left over from uh, from Lou Lamarello. Nothing. This is your whole clean slate. This is everything. This is basically like your 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 Prodigal Son. You have to get it done now. If you don't get out of the first round, there, there's already people asking for your head. But now there's going to be a legitimate riot down at uh, Air Canada Centre or Scotiabank Arena, just with just basically calling for like not even your head, just like anything. It's 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 unfortunate. It's very unfortunate that we're in a situation with a team that's in such a drought, um, almost on sixty years now. So
0: my question to you is Pierre Lebrun reported that Sheldon Keefe has agreed to a two-year contract extension as the head coach of the Leafs. He was entering the final year of his deal. He is now signed until 23-24. If they don't make it out of the first round this year, though, the presumption is that Kyle Dubas is gone. Oh, yeah. Which makes you think that Sheldon Keefe, would he stick around? Because, obviously, whenever a GM's hired, they always bring in their guy. Like this really seems like it's it, right? Like this yeah. has to be the year that some progress is made or shit's going to hit the fan.
1: Yeah, we we've had record-setting record-setting seasons uh over the past what, 2, 3 years and everything, but when we just come to the playoffs it's just like like nothing. Mm. Like all for naught. I'd rather at this point I'd rather the Leafs squeak in with a with a wild card spot. I remember the word now. Uh, I remember they squeak in the wild card slot and just kind of be there, but still be able to go up and dominate, or get through and get past the first round. I, if they get past the first round this year, for me, it, it will be the equivalency of uh, Montreal winning one single game in the Stanley Cup final, having a riot. <laughs> that that will be the equivalency for me. Just I will be I won't I won't go fucking flip cars and smash cop cars. Trust me, I don't need to do anything with the police alone right now, as the way it is. Just absolutely just yeah i i hope to god they get it this year i i I don't want to pray but i i might i might pray
0: so what you're saying is we're gonna have to review the all or nothing episodes right
1: yes
0: (laughs) coming soon to this channel who knows maybe we do that as a patreon exclusive we review all or nothing. that'd be pretty fun um quickly for the rest of the leafs their defense honestly i think they have a shout for maybe on paper having the top defense in the division Don't shoot me. Um, But Morgan Riley, DJ Brody, and Jake Muzzin, that's a really goddamn good top three, even if, you know, Riley, more of the offensive defenseman, but, you know, that trio gives any other defensive trio in this division a run for their money. Justin Mm -hmm. Hall is fine. The (laughs) questions are Sandine and Dermott. I like them both. They are question marks, so if you didn't want to rank Toronto one, two, or three, I'd get it. Um Mm -hmm. But, you know, we'll see. The big three need to be the big three, and Sandine and Dermot really need to step up.
1: Spot on. Uh, that's basically it. Oh, so I love how everyone forgot about Timothy Lindgren.
0: Oh, yeah, everyone really forgot agree. about Lindgren. We're Poor just like, ah, yeah, he's out of there.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever. We have, It's like, <laughs> we have Swede, but the better Swede. <laughs> oh,
0: we have double Swede.
1: Yeah. I feel bad for him.
0: So goaltending for the Leafs, then. I have them kind of middle of the road right now, because Peter Mrazek, uh, Mrazek I've mentioned is is an enigma. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is capable of putting up really solid numbers, if not fantastic numbers, but he is also capable of the opposite of that. So tell me, Endo, how much uh, how how different is he really from Freddie Anderson?
1: Ooh, that's a good <laughs> off of <question>. that
0: description.
1: <laughs> how that different description? is he? Oh man, not that much. I just hope the I hope the media doesn't just mess with them. They already like him so much. The fans like him enough that he has two sets. He has two sets of gear. Uh, one for home, one for away. So that way, like, he gets the full solid blue with the white stripe for the home, and then for the away, he has the all white with the blue stripe inverted. Basically, hmm. it, it looks very clean. Uh, he's definitely becoming an easy fan favorite. Um, I think I hope to God. That they don't chew him apart because he's he's here for like a good like two more years. Campbell's contract expires. Um, everyone loves Campbell because he's so easygoing, so nice and friendly, and all that. I I think uh, I think what they might do is try out Mirazik, or they might do a play play and you stay, win and you're out kind of circle. They did that for a bit with uh, with Campbell after he lost a few games uh, with uh, with Freddie while he was nursing an injury. Uh, and hopefully it's it's all smooth sailings from here.
0: I was going to say, um, you know, I still like Jack Hamill quite a bit. It's a good situation, but, of course, it's the Leafs, so there are questions mm. in goal. Uh, quickly here, because we are having to wind things down on this particular uh, show, this particular episode, I do want to talk about the team that I think I and everyone else will have number one in their particular division, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who underwent oh, quite an offseason of change. You lose Barclay Goodrow. Uh, you acquire Brent Seabrook's LTIR deal in exchange for Tyler Johnson in a second. You moved yeah. on from Mitch Stevens as well. Um, other players leaving, I mean, you lose Yanni Gord to Seattle. Uh, Luke Shen to Vancouver, Blake Coleman to Calgary, David Savard to Montreal. Uh, there were a lot of changes. Curtis McElhaney and Anders Nilsson both retired. Granted, Nilsson didn't play last year due to concussion issues. Uh, right. Joining the team, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, Zach Bogosian, uh, Andre Schuster randomly came
1: back. Wait, Bogo went back?
0: Oh, yeah, Bogosian, Bogosian's on, uh, on Tampa, yeah.
1: We'll go on a cup, and then he went. Okay, I'm gonna go with the Leafs, and, then and said, I <laughs> screwed and he went, up, man. <laughs> he went, "Fuck this, I'm out." <laughs> uh, Charles
0: Houdon, the Leafs, uh, not Leafs legend, he's a Habs legend. Uh, yeah. Ended up signing with the team. They got Brian Elliott, Remy Ellie, Corey Perry. Like there was a lot of changes on Tampa. Um, not controversial. I probably have them with the league's or the division's top offense. Uh, the train just keeps rolling. It's, it's point. Kucherov, Stamkos, uh, the latter two when healthy. Kalorin's fantastic. Sorelli and Joseph are great. Maybe some questions about Andre Palat, but I wouldn't bet against him. Uh, you have Ross Colton and Alex beret Boulay, who are probably going to be great, because of course they are. Those are just the two new guys for Tampa. Where It's like, hey, they're great now. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Where'd you find these guys? Uh, Belmar's a decent pickup. And then that leaves like Perry and Maroon who aren't what they used to be, but they're still effective in their own ways. Uh, The monster really hasn't been all that weakened. It it sucks. (laughs) Not really. Oh, God. And then defensively here, because like I said, we'll run through this. Um, Honestly, I have them probably as like a middle-of-the-road defense, dude. Like, Victor Hedman, we talked about it, based off of the EA ratings. Is he what he used to be? Is he playing with an injury? Uh, Did did he turn it on for the playoffs? I don't know. Like, maybe he's elite, maybe he's not, but it's, it's still Victor Hedman. He'll win the Norris this year because I'm even questioning it. Ryan McDonough's still really good. Eric Chernock's really good. Yeah. Sergeyev's still okay. Uh, then you have like Ruda and Bogosian who are meh, which is where maybe yeah. the opening is there to say, hey, well, what about Toronto's big three? <laughs> They're going to be fine. And then in goal, I have Tampa with the second-best goaltending in the division. They do have the top goaltender in the world, and Andre Vasilevsky, that's not controversial to say, but I just don't know about Brian Elliott as a backup. Whereas, like yeah. when I said, Montreal, Price, and Allen, in terms of a tandem, I have more confidence in that than Vasilevsky and Elliott, not to say I don't have confidence in Vasy. And uh, GM Julian Brisewa has agreed to an extension with the team, of course, so... Uh, and your, your thoughts on Tampa here as we as we wind down this show. Again, no controversy at all to be like, ah, T- Tampa good.
1: Tampa good. Ta- Tampa Tampa good. Tampa could repeat, maybe. There's a small chance they could repeat. They are very strong. Uh, they did lose a few key pieces to keep some salary and have some room over there. Um, it sh- I think they could do well. It all depends on the season. You never know. Especially in a sport like hockey, where you could have an up, you can have a down, and just go right through. Like, what? Saint, remember, St. Saint Louis got through, and they just got on a massive hot trick and had won the cup. So, yeah. anything's possible. I would love to see them do a three-peat over as much as, it was like, as it's like counterintuitive. I'm a Leaf guy and say, like, oh, my Leafs, if they don't win, whatever. But if they see a three-peat during like a salary cap era like this, like back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, that's going to be ridiculous. I feel like there might be some. Uh, strengthening with the CBA agreement next time that comes around <laughs> over this stuff because they're gonna try to stranglehold them as much as they can
0: yeah yeah I mean if Tampa wins three in a row then it's over the rules the rules are changing for sure oh, like yeah. there's there's no way that that's gonna stay otherwise um <laughs> so again hey everybody thank you for sticking with us here on this first show we are gonna wind things down sorry that we didn't uh, verbally blow Tampa too much but come on you guys don't need it. At this point. (laughs) Um, Again, it's going to be different around here. Different show, different vibe. We're going to figure things out as we go along. But, um, Endo, again, I mean, I'm I'm glad to have you here as a part of the show. You were going to be here today no matter what. Turns out you're just sticking around. Yeah. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to what this turns into.
1: I am, too. But you should also look forward to keeping yourself maintained with manscape that's right baby I, you know what's funny i've been doing these like plugins for manscaped on Tugi's channel as a joke uh-huh. but i can do it finally for real now this is actually i'm actually kind of hyped. like i'm actually getting kind of ready so hopefully i don't <laughs> blow this now uh so if you're looking to clean up real nice and good for whatever reasons uh you need to go to uh, manscape.com and use code Tugi for 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping yeah you got the lawnmower you got the ball toner. You got the. I don't have the script in front of me, so I know. But I know it's a really great product. I'm looking to get mine next week, actually. So I'm going to use that code, Tugi, at checkout, 20% off your order for free worldwide shipping. There you go.
0: Absolutely beautiful. He's a natural. Everybody, he fits in already. <laughs> uh, again. Hey, thank you so much for joining us here. We will be back next week for our last two. The other half of our season uh, prediction shows, of course, next week, the Metro and the Pacific. Very much looking forward to that. Again, a big thanks to Manscaped for sticking with us. A big thanks to you for sticking with us here Uh, through this period of change. We'll see you all (laughs) next week. Endo, you have the last word, what's it going to be?
1: uh uh follow me on twitch and uh twitter uh at endo mills also i have um i have merch because I'm a big clout chaser. I've clout chased my way to get this position right now. So if you go to endomills.ca, you can buy yourself the clout chaser merch, t-shirt, poster. I think it's on a mug now. And some other stuff that I have as well. I have a very uh, nice design with my logo on it. You can't – for audio listeners, it's like a logo. It's kind of similar to the the Dodgers logo, but it's legally distinct because it's a hockey puck. It's different. Don't worry about it. Just check it out, endomills.ca. It's beautiful. I made it with my heart and my sleeves. Uh, that's that's all I got.
0: <laughs> we'll see you next week, everybody.
1: See ya.